When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live one two Friday right here on Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists. You can catch live here at the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Eric Tesmer, and he is going to be part of the big jam happening at Jelly's 10th annual Christmas jam happening at 310 at ACL Live next Thursday, December 15th. It's all benefiting the Austin Firefighters Relief and Outreach Fund. And I will be hosting. Oh, I like that. So come say hey oh, to me, too. PD. Yeah, I like that. All right. You know what? I'll be right there. Make some plans, too, to try to try to get out there to see my man Patrick. All right, he's a real MVP, um, but as you know, he's a man of many talents, a renaissance man. You can reach him via Twitter at It's Patrick Davis. You can reach me at Rod Davis. You can reach my man Harge at Hardball Harge. I feel like, and I know it's not a thing, but there is a funeral home right across the street, and I feel like I'm disturbing some of these people and being disrespectful because people are – there's, like, services happening over there. There's I've something. Seen, there's a viewing. There's Exactly. There's something yeah. happening over there, and, I, you know, make sure – not being too loud, disrespecting those folks over there, man. So, But we're out here hanging out at South Congress, 2701 South Congress. That is the address. Come on out and uh, start the, uh, the Christmas spirit. Start the holiday a little bit early because holiday is all about giving. It's all about being charitable. That's exactly the cause that we're out here for today, Toys for Tots. So uh, we're just collecting unwrapped toys for the kiddos. Got a toy bin that is uh, getting full, uh, but we like to be overflowing because it's all about uh, the young people who cannot uh, get toys this holiday season because they don't have the resources, not blessed enough uh, to have those means, but we want to make sure uh, we remedy that. So please, if you're if you can and you're in the neighborhood, come on out. 2701 South Congress, Total Men's Primary Care, brand new spot. Uh, pick up a toy on your way and uh, come drop it off. It's cathartic to shop for toys. I don't have kids, so uh, I get to shop for toys a lot. But I did it the other day. But as someone who does have kids. It's stressful. Oh, you so you don't like? Well, I don't do it a lot. I just did it one. Yeah, one, that's two, what I'm saying. It's good for you. Okay, I it's got stressful. A couple for little us cousins, week. couple yeah. little nephews. So yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit, but I don't get to do it a lot. Yeah, you say it's stressful. It's stressful. Well, look, during the holiday season or just period. Period. Because uh, when when you have kids, they they ask for a lot, right? So they 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 I've see things. Yeah. We give my daughter, my beautiful daughter Jasmine. We give her a little a book. Okay. And circle what you like. She just hands the book back because that's what she wants. Circle. Everything that's in the book. <laughs> just big circles circle on what every you like. Circle what I like. Yeah. Take this book. book. <laughs> Take, can I put the book? Make, can I put some construction paper exactly. around the book and circle the book? So I'll let you know what you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have kids yet, so I imagine it's a little different for y'all. But, yeah. Uh, but for, for for those less fortunate, absolutely, this is outstanding. Uh, she is, uh, right she's here. blessed, uh, obviously. Uh, but those are not as blessed. Please uh, try to do something good for them. So we appreciate everybody who's come by already to drop off those toys. Uh, we appreciate you. And it's up to uh, from infant to uh, twelve years old is around the age yeah. range. If you were wondering about that, all right, let's hit this. 
Baker Mayfield Rams debut with a 17-16 win for the Rams. I didn't think the Rams had a chance. I was sure that the Raiders were going to win it. I told Patrick yesterday, hey, you guys are going to be celebrating four in a row. Yep. I told you that. And I might have jinxed it, Patrick, so I apologize. Uh, instead of celebrating four in a row, uh, they're celebrating, oh, they're not celebrating, they're drowning their sorrows, I should say. Uh, they're the fourth team to lose four games now in a season after leading by 13 or more points. 0 oh, 4. When leading by double digits at half, they are the first team since 1930 to lose four games in such a manner. Yeah, I I said it when they lost to Jeff Saturday's Colts (laughs) after less than a week of preparation when this dude came out of, what, Bristol or whatever the hell he's hanging out at in the studio. I said, I, I told you, Pat, I said, if he loses that game, fire him. They lost that game, and they did not fire him. I believe after that, they even gave him a vote of confidence that he was coming back. Yes, they did. And they did start winning. They won three in a row. But now you've lost to the Jeff Saturday Colts, and you've also lost to Baker Mayfield's Rams. And this is how historic it was, Harge. Baker Mayfield, those two days he spent with the Rams, barely 48 hours, 10 periods of practice, all right, and then came in and led game-winning drive and got meaningful snaps. He didn't start the game, but he definitely finished it. That's the shortest amount of time a quarterback has spent with a new team and got meaningful snaps in a game since 1995. Shortest amount of time a new quarterback has been with the team since 1995, and he came in and beat the Raiders. He came in special delivery like you ordered it from Amazon Prime. You <laughs> overnighted it. Well he done. overnighted it. He came and showed up well and got delivered <laughs> just in time well for done. you to put it out there as a gift to these kids. Sign, That's it. Said, <laughs> I'm, I'm yours. <laughs> That's what Baker did. And it, the, the most impressive part about it is the fact that the way that they came in to win that game, against all odds. That's against all odds. You were not supposed to win that no. game. You weren't even supposed to be in that game. He's supposed to win that game. And that defense played their butts off for the Rams. We could say that the, the, the Raiders got ultra conservative. They ran the ball more than they were throwing it. And then you take away the fact that Devontae Adams only had three receptions. Oh, man. That's embarrassing yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, we got to talk about that. And, and then you give him an opportunity to score and score again by showing up and playing press man the entire time. He threw a ball on the sideline to number 18. I don't even want to disrespect his name. I think it's Schwaronic or Ben Schwaronic. Schwaronic. Schwaronic, yeah. On the sideline, in the double coverage, he he goes up and makes a play on the sideline and hustles down. But this is bad coaching by Josh McDaniels, undisciplined football. You get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for knocking the ball out of his hand. Yeah, that was bad. Excuse me. That was bad. Knocking the ball out of his hand when you just had a sack, a big play to stop him. And your punter pins him on the 90 on the 2-yard two two, two line. line. Can ask and for you, a better punt. And Max Crosby's playing unbelievable football going and getting after the quarterback and then all of a sudden you make those dumb plays, a holding penalty on the wide receiver where he had an interception. They had him covered. It was just a bad, bad look all the way around for Josh McDaniels and his terrible coaching style for the Raiders. Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it, it, to me, uh, if you look at it, the the one 
play calling, almost unforgivable play calling error for me, actually came on the game winning play by the uh, the Raiders. It was a game winning play for the Browns, but the right. error was by the Raiders because they went man coverage. Mm -hmm. All right, so this was second and ten, 16 to ten, Las Vegas lead, 15 seconds left uh, on the 23 yard line, and the Rams go three by one set. All right, and the Raiders go press man coverage mm -hmm. with a single high safety. So cover one, press man coverage on a 23-yard line, and they shade the safety over to the trip side. <laughs> they have a robber to the single receiver side, but his back is actually turned to the single receiver. So he's not reading the single receiver. He's reading the trip side. He actually takes the crosser. They run a deep crosser, deep over route. All right, to, uh, from the number three receiver to the opposite side, and they end up doubling that number three receiver, which leaves the single receiver one-on-one, -on -one, basically in zero coverage yep. the entire time. And he was playing press man with 15 seconds left. To me, if you're going to play man, you can do it. You got to back that guy up. I think preferably you probably should be playing zone coverage, but if you're going to play man, you got to back that guy up and force him to beat you down the field and allow yourself to come up and be able to make a tackle and make a play. Even Baker Mayfield was shocked. He said after the game in the postgame, quote, to be honest with you, I was completely shocked they lined up in press coverage with 15 seconds left on the clock. I really thought they were going to try to pop out and play zone, but I saw the weak side safety stay down, and Van is a great goal ball runner and go up and get it. He won off the line and did a great job like i said i was shocked too like i think we all were shocked to see that and baker mayfield made a money throw at the perfect time put the ball right where it needed to be but if you're the raiders that's an egregious dang coaching mistake so so that's a horrible call baker mayfield shows up like an overnight package and then he already knows that the guys can beat him off a of press coverage and realizes ben jefferson is my guy yeah. Okay, it's I love it, man. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that that's him doing his homework. That is. And that's him having an opportunity to show what it's all about. Now, my biggest question will be this. Now, I, I'm looking at the Raiders. They've obviously had film on Baker Mayfield before. Yes. It's not like Baker is just some guy they picked up off the street. The dude has been playing football and was the number one overall pick. Just think about what McVay is looking at for a guy to come in Learn the offense, the the minimal part of the offense, execute it in a crutch and in, in a clutch situation, yeah, yeah. and now is going to have a whole week to prepare. Yeah, he's got to be licking his chops right now, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I haven't even given this guy half of this." Yes, considering going back to your point, Baker Mayfield led what what is now the longest go ahead touchdown drive that began in the final two minutes. Over the last forty-five years, unreal, unreal. So <laughs> that's that is unreal. the longest go-ahead touchdown drive that began in the last two minutes in the NFL in the last forty-five years. Ninety-eight yards. So you're thinking, man, I've never really seen that. You're probably right. You've probably never ever seen that. <laughs> you're probably you right. Just, yeah, you just don't <laughs> see stuff like that. And you, if, for Baker Mayfield to come off the street like that, like I said, ten periods of practice is all he had. And you know what? It was actually brilliant. When they went no huddle, I don't know if it was Sean McVay or if it was Baker Mayfield, it was, you locked them into man coverage. Mm -hmm. 
When you started, they never had they, a chance to adjust. They never had a chance That's to right. adjust. They That's stayed right. in that That's man right. coverage the entire time. You started going hurry up down the stretch and no huddle, and it really did lock them in. Las Vegas played cover one on five of Mayfield's six attempts on the last drive. Right. He locked them into it, and they they never. And I don't remember if they had a timeout or not. It might have been worth it if they did have one to call it. I know it's strange. I don't think they just to mean, just get out of that damn coverage. They had coverage. two Raiders, right? The Raiders, they had two yeah, the Raiders. Out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. exactly. The, I, I know it sounds stupid because you like you would have helped them out, but you being in cover one it's, was making life really easy on Baker Mayfield. And I think, unless I, I know it sounds crazy, it's counterintuitive. I'd have called a timeout there, Patrick, and been like, "Hey, we need to regroup because this ain't working." But that's the same thing that we're talking about about. McDaniels not understanding what the job and the task is. We are getting beat by this dude who just came off the bus. Just he off. literally got off the bus and walked in there, and all of a sudden we're throwing the he's throwing the ball all over the place, and we're getting beat the same way. Why not call a timeout? Why not regroup? You know as well as I do. Those those them dudes was tired too. They were. They had already gotten to that point where they were yeah. tired. So. Why not regroup, stop everything, and, and regroup and say, all right, dudes, here's what we're about to do. We're, not, we're playing no doubles. We're not letting anybody over the top. Like in baseball, I need you to guard the line, keep them inbounds, because Crazy. guess what? They don't have any timeouts. Yeah. That's why they're up here clocking it, getting to a position to be able to do that. That's bad coaching by McDaniels. Coaching. That's not preparing yourself, and that's probably sitting there with egg on your face because you're still in shock that you're like, Baker Mayfield is still moving the ball on us right now. That is amazing to me. Yeah, no, you're right. And the fact that Patrick just told us that he had two timeouts he had and he two. didn't use them, you can't take them with you, bro. Can't take them with you. <laughs> you can't take them with you. They don't carry over to next week. Yeah, Patrick, what are your thoughts about this? this is your team. You chose the Raiders, and they were. They, had, they seemed like they had figured things out. Josh Jacobs still leading the NFL in touches, but he was the NFL rushing leader going into the game. Yeah. It seemed like heavy dose of him, and to get the ball to Devontae Adams. And for some reason, they had, they, they've gone away from Devontae Adams at strange times, and I don't get it. Patrick, Terrible. your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the reason I know that they had those timeouts was because I was watching it, and you go, hey, man, y'all are letting to lose the game. You're going to lose the game. Hey, man, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose the game. Call a timeout. You're going to lose the game. It's not hard to watch somebody and watch their team just be outplayed, and you go, you need to reset and calm everybody down because as soon as they got that second penalty, the team basically gave up, and they weren't they were just weren't able to be back in the game because they, they get the sack. Max Crosby gets the sack. They get up. And the team says, we just won the football game. And Pretty all much, of a sudden, right. Baker started walking down the field on them. And the problem is, I get it while they're running, but they had a spike in there and they had a pass to the outside in there. So there's twice that the clock was already stopped that you could have easily called a timeout and regrouped in, and they chose not to. And then they call a timeout yeah. before the extra point. To, <laughs> to really just rub it in, they called a timeout before the extra point. Uh, I was confused I, yeah. by that as well. Like, what one. are you trying to ice the dude that is about to kick an well, extra hard, point? I think, I think someone on the sideline says, hey, man, you know you can't take him with you. And he goes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you should have told me that four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point. When they got uh, locked into that man coverage and it seemed like they didn't have, like, a natural audible, usually there is a – you know, there's a kind of a quarterback right. of the defense that can that can make that adjustment and the coach trying to trust him to do that. And th there is – Guys, you know, so there's a there's a headset on the field. Right there, there there's a green dot. They call it the green dot. That defensive player yes. has a same the same communication the quarterback has with the play caller. Yes, 
It's so, the QB, like so you said. It's I don't QB know how defense. they didn't communicate, hey, guys, we got to get the hell out of this, you know, this man coverage, and we're impressed man coverage. And by the way, they're not a great man coverage team. I think they allow like a 108 passer rating uh, in man coverage. So they're not necessarily a stellar man coverage group. And yet, sorry, it's a 101.8 yeah. passer rating. Make sure you give coverage. them a point. Uh, make it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it's it, – to me, I think it's, it's just bad coaching. It, it's just that simple. Uh, I think they got out coached late in this game. And it, it wasn't probable, I'll admit. I mean – the teams are now, just to give you a stat about it, teams are now 4 and 551 when trailing by 13 plus points in the final four minutes of the last five years. That includes playoffs and regular season. Two of those four wins, all right, 4 and 551, two of those four wins have come in the last four days. Tom Brady's win yep. uh, on Monday night. And this pass went on Thursday night for Baker Mayfield. Seventeen to sixteen was the final score. Crazy with man. both of those. Guys. And I can tell you the time stamps of when they scored yes. are the craziest. Yes. Was it gets down? Uh, they score. They go ten sixteen on Monday with three minutes. Rams do it with three nineteen. On Monday they get the go ahead with three seconds. And on uh, last night, they do it with 10 seconds. So you had basically, with three minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock, both those teams were down by two scores. And they both won. That is crazy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's, you, you, I mean, that's, that's historic. You just don't see something. That's just really improbable for something like that to happen. And how about this one, too? And this is kind of go, because I, I, I'll get more into Baker a little bit, have the Baker conversation a little bit more uh, in Rod's mouth today. Baker 0-22 in his career as a starting quarterback when trailing by 13-plus points. But he's 2-1 coming off the bench That's when that. trailing by 13-plus points. He did it in his NFL debut, and he did it last night. <laughs> Those are his two wins. Big debuts, baby. Big debuts. Those are his two wins. So 0-22 in his career starting, all right, starting when trailing by 13-plus points. Coming off the bench. Two and one. Bringing that energy, dog. <laughs> Bringing that energy. <laughs> Ain't that a great stat? And the fact oh, of the man. matter that those guys in the locker room, they did, on the it. sideline, they were so happy. And it goes back to what we were talking about before. We looked at the contracts of all these players, right? We talked about how much money was not participating in that game. And a lot of guys came back. A lot of guys decided that, hey, I want to be a part of this. And Sean McVay had to do something positive to make sure that those guys had something to cheer about, right. and that's exactly what they did. They had something to cheer about, and they brought more. They brought more. Oh. As we get As more gifts. brought more gifts right. for the we kiddos. More gifts. God bless you, brother. We yep. appreciate that. Uh, folks bringing out kids for, toys for the kiddos, toys for tots. That's why we're out here. So uh, thank you to everybody who's coming out and bringing toys, man. Very kind of you. Very gracious. Thank you so much. Very much. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody else who came out, too. And thanks to this gentleman coming out here. It's really good stuff. We're at 2701 South Congress, uh, if you want to come on out. Still going to be out here until 7 o'clock. Getting a little dark, but uh, that's, right. that's not deterring us. We'll be out here uh, for the kids uh, trying to collect as many toys as we can. Uh, all right, well, getting back to that game, like I said, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more. Uh, and not the game, but more about Baker Mayfield and his future. I think that's more of the big topic of the conversation. The The macro <laughs> conversation, yeah, about Baker Mayfield. Um, but I, I love this, though, about Sean McVay. And I don't I, I think I don't know if it's, it's serendipitous, but I think Sean McVay and you know his the executives over there with uh, the Rams. I think 
the way they view the football world is also part of this. But it is just strange that he's ended up with number one overall picks at quarterback since he's been in the NFL. Right. He, he inherited Jared Goff, who everybody thought was a bust, most because Jeff Fisher is a terrible coach. Facts. Got that guy, coached him up to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Now, by the way, Jared Goff, balling. balling. <laughs> yes. Balling. Nobody yeah. watches the Lions but me because I'm a Lions fan, but balling. Uh, actually, Fancy Boots and Chip I was Brown. I going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out that, Fancy Boots There's and Chip a three Brown. of y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the, we're the only ones keeping up with the Lions. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, so he's balling. And then he gets Matthew Stafford, number one over pick. And everybody's still speaking of the Lions. Oh, man, we know who he is. Yep. That guy, he can't win a big game. He'll never show up in a big game. He'll never be able to win the playoffs, uh, in the playoffs. And he ends up winning a Super Bowl with Sean McVay. And now you got another one, another number one over overall pick in Matt and, and Baker Mayfield. Love it. Everybody's giving up on pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Baker Mayfield's now, you believe this? He's on his fifth head coach. That, that to me, is right? something that's crazy. Think about it. And it's funny because he brought that up last night. And he's got – actually, if you look at interims, it's like seven. <laughs> they were talking he, – he brought it up last night about all the different play callers, and he said it's just one more thing that I had to learn from. Because I've had so many different play callers. Think about Freddie uh, Fireball Kitchens oh, yeah. that he had in Cleveland. And he had to change from all of those coaches as well. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Cle- uh, Carolina. Yep. New offensive callers. I mean, yeah. and then during that time, you have people getting fired and moved around the entire time. He, he's been wild, man. Instability around him constantly, and yeah. maybe Sean McVay can provide him with not some on some of that mojo, but as a quarterback nurturer and yeah. a quarterback whisperer that he's been and been able to revitalize and rejuvenate these careers. Maybe he can do the same thing with Baker Mayfield. No doubt. And oh, what a story that would be. I can't wait for your Rod's rant today. That's exactly kind yeah, of what we're going to get into a little yeah. bit. Uh, so, matter of fact, let's just uh, take a break and get right to it. We'll get to Rod's rant today on the other side. Uh, we also got other NFL news notes and nuggets all throughout the day. We come back. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, former number one overall pick, uh, but now has found himself a new home with the Rams. We'll talk about what that means for uh, the reinvention of Baker Mayfield. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not the home. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done real? it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. His situation is just so strangely unique. <laughs> right. Right? You're talking about the first walk-on ever drafted number one overall in the NFL. And I think this is because I, I don't think the issues with Baker Mayfield is that he doesn't have the physical skill set capable of playing at the NFL level. Some people believe that he's just he's got a ceiling, he's limited, and he just some throws he cannot make of that regard. I don't think that's the case with Baker. I don't think he's limited in that regard. I think a lot of his issues are really it's for him, it's psychological or it's mental uh, for Baker. And and strangely enough, I think he brought up part of it too. You you, you referenced this as well, Harge, that he's been surrounded with instability since he got into the NFL. That's what happens when you're drafted by the Browns. That's just part of the deal. <laughs> That's where it starts. That's part of the deal. <laughs> and, I, and I, I've thought about this, too, and I've I talked to an, a friend of mine, an NFL coach, about it. He said this is indeed a theory that has been thrown around the NFL for a while now with, with some quarterbacks. And it actually started around with uh, Alex Smith. Because remember, Alex Smith, early in his career, he had like nine different play callers in his first eight years. Right. 
San Francisco. And everybody was like, man, Alex Smith, he is what he is. We know what Alex Smith is. He's an underachiever. You know, he's a guy that's very limited. And that's only uh, so far that Alex Smith is going to be able to take a team. And maybe that is true. Uh, but we saw once he got stability and consistency with an Andy Reid, we saw him blossom and we saw the best of Alex Smith. Now, maybe he was limited. That's why he got Patrick Mahomes. You can only go so far with him. But I think with Andy Reid, he went as far as he could go. I think he reached as close to his ceiling as he could get with Andy Reid. But it was stability. And once he got that stability and that consistency, that continuity, it brought out the best in him. And we've, saw, we've seen this in football uh, in a lot of different ways, right? Not just at quarterback. We've seen it at, at Texas. Yep. Right? You think about all the, the Texas defensive coordinators they've had over the last few years, right? Um, you went through Chris Ash and you went through your Todd Orlando, um, just brought in PK last year. And some of those guys on the 40 Acres, PK was their third, fourth defensive right. coordinator, right? Right. And now that they had some consistency think in that defensive system, and the OCs too, <laughs> yeah. but then they had consistency in that off in that defensive system. Same terminology, uh, same principles, mm -hmm. same language, and the defense got better. Just really out of con continuity, just having being in the same system for an extended period of time. And there is a belief that if you can battle through the instability and inconsistency of having nine different coordinators in eight years, if you can battle through that and make it out the other side, then you'll be better for it. Right? It's a, it's a great book. I wish I can remember the author's name. called The Obstacle is the Way. It's a great book. It's about basically uh, whatever obstacles in your way, whatever trials and tribulations you have to face. Ultimately, those trials and tribulations, the skills that you have to cultivate in order to overcome those trials and tribulations will ultimately be the skills that make you an outlier and make you unique. All right, So you needed that impediment. You needed that obstacle to overcome to refine your talent to a certain extent and make you a unique outlier. And the same thing with these quarterbacks. Right? If they can survive all of that, you know, that, that turnover, they'll learn so much. They'll be you know, more experienced, they'll have the mental reps, they'll played in multiple systems, so it'll bring versatility and flexibility, adaptability to their game. Will this happen with Baker Mayfield? Hmm. First came in, I mean, and by the way, you know who else is benefiting from this, this theory? Jalen Hurts. Facts. Think about this. Jalen Hurts, when he, in college, his first OC is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin runs no huddle offense, RPO system, lots of play action passes, bootlegs, zone reads. Then Brian Dabble takes over at Alabama. Has to run pro style concepts. Got some zone reading throwing there. All right. Uh, but a more of a pro style passing attack. Mike Loxley comes along after that. He's got to run a system with a lot of pre snap motions, uh, still a lot of that zone read thrown in there. Um, and then he goes to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, runs the air raid, the most advanced, user friendly air raid in the country. Drafted by Doug Peterson into the NFL, running the Doug Peterson system, which is heavy RPO based. I won the Super Bowl, running a ton of RPOs with Nick, big blank Nick, Nick Foles, mm -hmm. and now running that Sirianni system. Mm -hmm. So he's been in the NFL three years. If you take the three years and the four years that he was in college, that's those seven years, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six different offensive minds calling plays, six different systems in seven years of college and pro ball. And I think now, actually, he's the best example of all that all that turnover actually worked in his favor. He was able to battle through it. Now he lost his, his starting job at one point at Alabama with it. 
um, you know, got drafted in the second round of the NFL. People thought, oh, man, he's just going to be a, a gimmick player. He's not going to be a franchise quarterback by any stretch. He works his butt off. They, they adapt the system around him. It's probably that Philadelphia offense is probably adapted more to his skill set than any other offense other than, I don't know, Pat Mahomes' offense is adapted to their specific quarterback skill set in the NFL. And I think now you're starting to see the true, the versatility, the wisdom all right, the, uh, the continuity now uh, and the flexibility, the adaptability now within Jalen Hurts' game. Just like uh, they, they rushed for 363 yards versus Green Bay, threw for 386 yards versus Tennessee next week. That's a lot of versatility. <laughs> and that, that, that offense is really adaptable. Right. Depending on what you want to take away, that's because of him. So the belief is can, can Baker Mayfield now, can he potentially benefit from this theory? He had Todd Haley when he first came in, then Freddie Kitchens, then Todd Munkin, then Alex Van uh, Polk, I believe is his name, then Ben McAdoo, now Sean McVay. So he's been in the NFL five years and has six different play callers. That's crazy. And Sean McVay is easily the best and the most talented, we all agree. And a quarterback neutral who's got a resume and a history of reviving and revitalizing number one overall draft picks careers, guys with tremendous upside. Yep. Like a Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl when everybody thought he was a bust. Like a Matthew Stafford came from the Lions, won a Super Bowl. Can he do that with Baker Mayfield? I don't know. Not, not, I, I don't know, but I'm saying he's probably the best situation for Baker Mayfield to wind up in to see if he can now reinvent himself. And I think Sean McVay, Sean McVay runs more 11 personnel than anybody in the NFL. Remember, I mean, that was his big really kind of game-changing concept was – a lot of the uh, the malleability of his offense, but mostly through 11 personnel, uh, one back, one tight end. I went back and looked at Baker Mayfield's stats in 2020 because that was the last stable year he had was 2020. And what he did in 11 personnel, which Sean McVay runs an F-ton of, 66% completion percentage, uh, 7.3 yards per attempt, 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and a 103 passer rating out of 11 personnel, 7th best in the NFL in that season. With pre-snap motion, which Sean McVay runs an F-ton of, 66% completion percentage in 2020 with pre-snap motion, 15 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 100 passer rating, 66% completion percentage. Ooh. He also is really good at play-action pass, which Sean McVay runs an F-ton of. So play-action pass, deep shots, 20 yards or more down the field, 70% completion percentage, 24 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, one interception, and a 125 passer rating on 20-plus yard throws with play-action pass. Those three concepts that Sean McVay, you know, he, he not only uh, utilizes a ton of, but honestly they're kind of baked into the DNA of his offense. Those are three things, three concepts that Baker Mayfield, when he was performing at a high level, that he was one of the best in the NFL at. Nice. And he also was really good outside the pocket, and they like uh, Sean McVay loves bootlegs and waggles of, uh, of a certain extent too. So I think those concepts will make this offense user-friendly for a Baker Mayfield, and he's definitely going to get another shot now. But here's the psychological element to this with Baker Mayfield. And this is something I think that he's got to be really careful of. Uh, I gave you the stat earlier that Baker Mayfield 0-22 oh, right, in games, career games, starting as a quarterback in the NFL when trailing by 13-plus points. But 2-1 when coming off the bench 
in those situations, trailing by 13-plus points. His only two wins, his debut all right, in the NFL and his Rams debut. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Think about that. That's guy. crazy. Let that sink in, right? Those are two different situations, but the same mindset for Baker. I'm counted out. First walk-on, drafted number one overall. People don't respect you. Remember at the time he's coming out of draft, he had a list of media people that had said negative things about him that he was keeping. Remember that? Oh, he kept yeah. a list of the media personalities who had said negative, dis disrespectful things about him, or at least in his mind. All right? This is obviously what Baker thinks. And people from Westlake. And people from Westlake, <laughs> yeah, of course. He did not like him from Sam Ellinger. All right? And we know this about athletes, period. This is not just Baker Mayfield. All elite athletes, all right? We, and, and, and I consider myself elite athlete uh, at some level, but I did it as well. They use what I, I think I prefer, refer to as motivational currency. Michael Jordan at his Hall of Fame speech bringing up his high school coach that cut him from the team. Mm -hmm. He's the GOAT. He's bringing it up. Why? Motivational currency. What athletes do, Harge knows this too, you take slights, you take uh, instances of disrespect, you take people underestimating you, and then you just take it and you almost internalize it, harness it, you know what I mean? And you use it as motivational currency when you need it. All right, when I need to get motivated, I think people, oh, they hating on me? Okay, don't worry about that. Oh, y'all oh, oh, underestimating me? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, y'all don't want to give me a scholarship here at uh, Texas Tech? Okay, you know what? I'm about to walk on at Oklahoma and do my thing. Oh, oh, the Big 12 saying I can't play the first year? Okay, that's all right, even though I'm going to walk on. That's all right, I'll figure. Baker Mayfield is better when he is feeling, like, slighted and disrespected. When Baker Mayfield gets on top of the world, they always say success ain't for everybody. When Baker Mayfield's on top of the world, for some reason, psychologically, he's not at his best. He's at his best when he's being disrespected, underestimated. And this is, this is, this is the difference, though, with his motivational currency and everybody else, because everybody spends motivational currency like that. And Michael Jordan on the, uh, the one last dance, and I took that personal. Yeah, I took that personal. And I took that personal. Tom Brady, six-round pick. He's still upset about it, right? That's motivational currency. You keep that. Hard, give me your motivational currency. I know you got it. Oh, mine, is, mine was always the kid that was always striking me out when I was younger. My uh -huh. biggest motivational currency, honest to God, was I didn't get picked up for an all-star team. There you go. When I was little. <laughs> and, the, and the coaches came See? by my house and told me, hey, you know what? <laughs> We should have picked you up, and we'll pick you up next time. And I told him flat out, don't worry don't about worry. it. We're going to pick up your kid. <laughs> That's exactly what I told him. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Y'all got to pick me up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Y'all yeah. in the future, y'all going to feel real bad exactly. about that. You're going to be telling nobody about that selection. They didn't get drafted until after I did. Exactly. <laughs> 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 My man. So it, it, every athlete yeah. has it, right? Yeah. And I think for Baker Mayfield, I think what he started to do with his motivational currency he started to spend it unwisely. And what I mean by that is, at one point he's spending it on the media, right? He's, instead of spending it on the field, where, it, where he's supposed to be. And he did that in college, right? Yep. Remember Kansas, they didn't want to shake his hand. He gets upset, crotch grabbing on the sideline. But he spent that motivational currency on the field. Ohio State. Ohio Pla State. Playing the flag. Right? TCU. Even playing against Texas because they didn't want to recruit me. And I, I grew up in the backyard of Texas at Lake Travis. Motivational currency spent on the field. Yep. That's where you spend the motivational currency. He started to spend it with the media. Beefs with the media. Beefs Bad. with Colin Cowherd, Mary Kay Cabot. Yep. Now, keeping a list of people who had wronged him or disrespected him. Beefs with players. Duke Johnsons and Robbie Anderson and um, oh, even Miles Garrett, Odell yep. Beckham Jr. Whoa, 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 man. Don't spend the motivational currency 
beefing with media and beefing with players, that's not that's not a wise way to nope. spend it. Nope. You made yourself into the number one overall pick, the first walk on to do it, because you spent all that motivational currency on the field. You made it rain motivational currency on the field. And now you're spending it with media? Yep. Spending it on teammates? Nah. Oh, hell, beefing with coaches. Hugh Jackson, Kevin Stefanski. So they beef with everybody. <laughs> He, he used to be able to challenge harness that beef right. and, 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 and be used in the right way, internalized, intrinsically motivate himself with it. And I think at one point he started beefing with everybody in the world, and it was too much for him. So my advice to Baker, remember where to spend your motivational currency. The media don't matter. I know I'm a part of it. They don't matter. Not in your world. The media don't matter. And don't spend it beefing with teammates and coaches. Spend that motivational currency on the field where you did in college, and what you did last night. That's what you did last night. He Everybody counted you out. He's like, okay, y'all counting me out? Man, wait till I get out here and get my yeah. chance. Yeah. You made it rain. Motivational currency all over that field. That's what he's at his best. And I'm not saying you need to come off the bench every time. I'm just saying the mindset yeah. of the walk-on. That is the mindset that you, you have to champion. He, I think he has a clothing line about it. I think Actually, he does. I think, I think he, he does. Because yeah. he, know, he knows that's, his, that's when he's at his best. Yeah. That's when you're at your best, Baker. So quit picking fights with people, you know, not with your teammates, not with the coaches. Those, those people are on your side. They're here to support you. Quit picking, on, picking fights with the media. To hell with the media. Not at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I think that's, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, that's <laughs> where he went wrong right there. And, I, I think he, he does. He, he uses that motivational currency. I think he, like, like we all do, he collects it over time. But don't spin it the wrong way. And I think, to me, that would be my advice for Baker. And I, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan actually Longhorn fans don't like me to say that it's like my favorite Oklahoma Sooner might be Baker Mayfield that's like saying you have a favorite serial killer for Longhorn fans Man, people about if we had the specs text line up it would I already be blowing know. up right now I already know I get it but that's that's my take on Baker man always has been my take uh, on Baker I think now he's got some stability and continuity with the same system potentially uh, but also make sure mindset wise you know where to spend that motivational currency. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into another off the record. Uh, we're live out here at Total Men's Primary Care. If you're in the neighborhood, come on out here and drop off a toy. We had uh, several of our listeners, very fine folks yeah, who are uh, right. very charitable, kind people who have dropped off multiple toys uh, for the kiddos, toys for tots. That's why we're here. So Total Men's Primary Care, 2701 South Congress. See, even the dog next door is getting hyped. He said, who excited. let him out? Who <laughs> let him out? <laughs> <laughs> He's excited uh, for toys for tots. So come on out here. Uh, South Congress, Total Men's Primary Care. This is Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch right here in the ATX. Who's jamming right now, Patrick? This is Butcher White, and they are playing this Saturday at Come and Take It Live. And you will like this. The price of admission is one unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. Hey, man. Group Patrick. effort right there. 
Patrick's always just putting things together, man. Everything seems serendipitous at the way my man Patrick does it. Uh, thank you for that, Patrick. We appreciate it. And uh, you can reach out to him via Twitter at It's Patrick Davis. Speaking of toys for tots, that's why we're out at uh, Total Men's Primary Care. Brand new location. Total Men's Primary Care, uh, 2701 South Congress. Uh, that is the address. So come on out here if you're in the neighborhood and bring an unwrapped toy for the kiddos. All right, please stop by uh, your local store. It doesn't matter. Anything from infants uh, to uh, 12 years old if you're looking for the age range. Uh, but, yeah, please do. we got a lot of folks that have come by, already dropped off toys. A ton of listeners that have already uh, dropped off some toys for the kids. So we really, really appreciate all their kindness. Uh, also appreciate them stopping by. Best part of this job is getting a chance to uh, meet the actual listeners. Um, so, yeah, Toys for Tots. That's why we're out here at 2701 South Congress. And we will be out here till 7 o'clock. Uh, so no need to worry. If you can't make it just right now, hey, man, come on down. Still got a little time uh, when you get off work to come on down to 2701 South Congress. All right, time for another off the record here. Uh, this is a, a strange um, strange story. <laughs> yeah. To uh, say the least. Yeah, so, okay, so this actually comes from Asia. And uh, there's an Asian faith, uh, like an Asian religion, um, it actually, uh, yeah, it's it's their own. It's a new religion, so uh, they it's related to um, a, an Eastern religion, but it's a new religion that they are starting. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, but one of the symbols that they want to use as part of their new religion is the swastika. Huh? What? Yeah. Well, what is now considered to be the swastika, uh, but. The symbol uh, often equated, obviously, it's, you know, a lot of people consider it to be Hitler's symbol mm -hmm. or the symbol for Nazi Germany. It actually did exist before that. Um, it actually existed, you know, before that and actually was a symbol uh, that, meant, you know, in times, uh, good faith, it wasn't always considered something so duplicitous and something hateful until the Germans got a hold of it, or at least the uh, Nazis got a hold of it, and then they turned it into what we now know as the swastika, a symbol for Nazi Germany. Um, but they're getting pushback from this um, because, um, as you would thought, a New York-based um, design historian, author of Swastika Symbol Beyond Redemption, said the swastika is a charged symbol for so many whose loved ones were criminally and brutally murdered. Hella's great-grandfather perished during the Holocaust. He said a rose by any other name is a rose. In the end, it's how a symbol affects you visually and emotionally. For many, it creates a visceral impact. The symbol itself dates back to prehistoric times. The word swastika has Sanskrit roots and means the mark of a, well, a mark of well-being. It's been used in prayers. Uh, the oldest of Hindu scriptures. In Buddhism, the symbol is known as Manji and signifies the Buddha's footsteps. It is used to mark the location of Buddhist temples. In China, it's called Wan and denotes the universe or the manifestation of creativity of God. Uh, it's carved into uh, Jane's emblem, sim uh, representing the four types of birth embodied from the soul. Point is, it's much older than the Nazi regime, um, and they want to bring it back. But they're getting a lot of pushback from this. Uh, I can imagine. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. So uh, they claim they want to base it on the oldest definitions and symbolisms of the swastika, not the most recent from Nazi Germany. So just doing the research there. But I will say this. <clears throat> Much like the swastika, the, the Hitler stash, 
was also a popular mustache back in the day. Nobody can wear the Hitler stache again unless you're Michael Jordan. I was going to say, he... On a commercial. Yes. And nobody ever called him out about it because we really love Michael Jordan. Uh, I mean, so nobody publicly called him out Hitler about it. Hitler and Nazi Germany have done this to a couple of things, and they did it to – remember, the Hitler stash, I, we call it the Hitler stash now, and everybody knows what you're talking about. It wasn't always called that. All right, people. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin's Chaplin. famous character. Yep. All right, is has the stash. That's famous stash. I think Mo from Three Stooges wore it for a little bit too. I'm just saying, people rocked that back in the uh, day. Hitler was such a repulsive, disgusting, horrible person that anything that he did or associated with was corrupted, and includes the swastika and the Hitler stash. So my point is, no, don't bring back the swastika. No. But also, don't bring back the Hitler stash. Don't try you to can't do it. rock that. You can't rock it. Yeah. You, you can rock it today. Nobody can rock it. No, no. See, yeah, you can't do it. You no. can't, and you can't do it and say, "Oh, I'm just, just rocking a new, a new mustache." I'm, try, I'm man. trying to bring it back. You can't bring it back. No, there's you can't no bring way. back anything Hitler associated. Right. Is my point. Yeah, because you can't. You can bring back the high top fade because that wasn't associated with him. Yeah, but you exactly. Can't, you can't. You cannot bring back the mustache. It re- that's how. That's how yeah. bad Hitler was. Michael Jordan did it. He was the only one, I think, in the that in the most recent. I don't know, thirty years. That's Mike. Mike seen with the Hitler stash. Mike did some controversial things in his day. Nobody, he? he's, I mean, a black man with the Hitler stash. <laughs> I think he was. I think I still think that was that was him doing that on purpose. He wanted to see what he could get away with, and he got away with and it. And he did. That's how great Michael Jordan is. Because he we tried don't to even throw bring, that smile at you. You forgot about the Hitler stash? Yeah. I'm gonna Google it right no, now. No, I didn't forget about M. that. Michael Jordan. I knew 100. percent I bet the commercial's been pulled off of YouTube. Let's look it up. Let's see if Michael Jordan's Hitler stash is still on YouTube. <laughs> you go, you got to type that in there? Yeah. Let's see if it'll pop up like yeah. that. No, I'm going to see. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. Hitler stash. It got YouTube. Boom. It's still up there. Thank God oh, for the goodness. internet. Michael Jordan Hitler mustache. We ain't forgot. Look at that. Oh, no. Sitting right next to that, that on, the, on the plane. What is you doing? With his white collar. I remember. That is. Yeah. I remember. I love MJ, but that was. Yeah, he was risque. Come on, he man. He was risk-jay. He Jay. knew what he was doing. Yeah, he you did. You think anybody told him at the time, like, MJ, you know that's a Hitler stash. He got nothing but sickle fence around him, telling him how great he is. No. Nobody said, hey, MJ, you can't. That's bro. probably that, no. I bet you if Charles Barkley was around him, he would have told him. He would have. He would have told him. But they ain't spoken 10 years. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Because Charles, Charlie Charles was like, man, you know you had that mustache <laughs> on, bro. I'm that's going back at you right now. That's, that's what started the fight. That's what started the beef. Exactly. He's like, bro, you want Hitler stash? Well, you, you think nobody noticed Mike? that? Mike, you lost no, your black card, man. Mike. Mike know why I don't talk to him no more. Oh, man. All yeah. right. See, that took a left. All right, let's come back. We're ready. <laughs> we got one more hour left in the show. We're hanging out here at Total Men's Primary Care, 2701 South Congress, right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.